on today's podcast, Plastic Ono Band by John Lennon and Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Trust the Wizards present Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s. Before going on tour with his band, Guided by Voices, in 2001, Robert Pollard recorded his favourite records onto 62 double-sided cassettes. Music from 1966 to 1971, from the best-known bands of the era to obscure, unheard-of psychedelic curios. The Wizards are on a mission to listen to and explore every groove. Kicker and Chorizo invite you to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream as you listen to Robert Pollard's guide to the late 60s. Okay, so we're going to start thinking about the, the Plastic Ono Band album by John Lennon, which was released in December 1970 um, and was released in tandem with an album called Plastic Ono Band by Yoko Ono, which... I'm very much hoping that uh, Chirito has found time to to listen to. I'd like to know where his view of that was. Um, the two the the two albums featured exactly the same artwork, um, with John and Yoko sitting idyllically under a tree, um, but differed quite dramatically in terms of what was on the albums. Um, the uh, the Plastic Ono Band uh, had had various lineups, and I'm not actually 100 percent sure who plays on this because. Uh, it turns out I've got a weird version of it, uh, which has absolutely no information on it. It's just got the picture on the front of the Mundra tree and a picture of John Lennon as a child on the on the back. And it doesn't tell me anything about who who's on it. Um, John Lennon is on it, um, and uh, Yoko Ono I think is on it with hand claps. Although I don't think we hear her. Maybe she's on backing vocals. Uh, I've got a feeling that uh, that Timothy Leary's on it, and and various other folk like that um possibly eric clapton on lead guitar i, I, re- I really don't know and perhaps i should have done a bit more shall um, i tell you yeah, yeah go on because i do know that bit it is ah. ringo stars on drums ah, okay. uh, and a guy called klaus foreman who's an old mate of theirs from the munich days not munich days, ah, yes. yeah hamburg days uh is on bass guitar uh there's a little bit of phil specter who's producing it playing piano here and there uh, Billy Preston, who played on some of the late Beatles stuff, is playing a bit of piano here and there. But other than that, all the guitars and most of the pianos and keyboards are all John Lennon. Well, and Phil, as I say, Phil, Phil Spector co-produces it, although it doesn't sound like a Phil Spector album in any way, I don't think. No. Um, but nevertheless, he, he is credited as, as being such. Um, and it was, it was kind of recorded in, in um, at a time post-primal therapy for Lennon. Um, he'd gone, which was his, his sort of his, his discovering himself and, and all these hippie things that he, he got into. Um, and uh, yeah, the album kind of reflects his self help idea of, of letting it all out. And then um, some. And, and then some. And yeah, it's, uh, I think it's thought of generally in, in Beatles um, areas as being the best. John Lennon solo album. It was certainly the first. Um, and uh, it was released, I think, just before um, Harrison's All Things Must Pass, which I would say is a better album altogether, but nevertheless, we'll come back over to that. Um, but yes, it was the first solo album, thought to be his best. I really don't like it, but anyway, let's see what you think. Well, it's not only thought to be his best, but um, 
thought, according to that Rolling Stones 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list that we keep referring to in this series, the 2003 version. Yeah. yeah. Um, 23rd best album ever made. See, One place above Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions. The, comfortably the best album by an ex-Beatle, according to that mm. list. Um, yeah. the, uh, George Harrison's album, uh, the one you mentioned, All Things Must Pass, uh, is down there in the 400 and some things. And, mm. and so is Band on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings, which I would contend is definitely not Paul McCartney's best album. But um, um, I really like the Paul McCartney album that he did. The, the two first albums he made after the Beatles, which are McCartney and Ram, uh, I would say they're easily the best um, po- uh, post-Beatles albums by, by anyone. Uh, I think the problem with this album is is, is that it's got, I, I would say it's got two brilliant songs on it. Right. And, and, and the rest of it's rubbish. Okay, so what, what are the two brilliant songs? Because I, I can only name one. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so Working Class Hero. Uh, Agreed. I, I, yeah. I think is a fantastic song. Yeah. Um, and I would say is actually the best solo Lennon song. Um, and it stands out in this album because it's not really a personal... No, exactly. psychological exactly. release. It's, it's, it's about, about life and about systems and structures and, and, and you can relate to it. So I would say that, that, is, a, that is a fantastic song. And it's, it's, you, know, you could argue that it's worth getting the album for that song. Um, I also really like Mother. Um, and uh, I find the it quite haunting. Um, I like the fact that uh, it starts with kind of this bells tolling and, and rain and all that, which will link to the other album we're going to talk to, I think, in a way. Um, I mean, it is obviously very personal, but I think you can relate to it, and I, I would say that is also a great song. The Working Class Hero, I absolutely agree with you, because... The songs on the album, they're all very honest and confessional, which I suppose was both John Lennon being brave and also being a bit of a trailblazer. I'm not aware of anyone else who was doing this kind of songwriting around that time. And certainly nobody as well known as John Lennon doing it. Um, But it all feels a bit like John Lennon's therapist, the primal scream guy, Arthur Janoff, has told John Lennon to express all his anger and frustration. And he's decided to do that in song form. Uh, and some of it, it just doesn't make for a very good record. Uh, well, the thing, is, thing that's fine. I mean, brave. Do you do you do you want brave? I, I mean, I just want a decent song. And the problem with the other songs is, that even if if the you know they've got brave lyrics and 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 deeply honest lyrics, the songs are terrible. They're really boring. It's a really boring album. Well, uh, I just apart, think... take those two songs out. Why would I ever want to listen to it? It's, yeah. it's just dreadful. It's it's self obsessed, pseudo intellectual piffle. Well, unless unless you are particularly interested in where John's head was at during this period, and let's face it, a lot of people are, aren't they? A lot of Beatles obsessive. Well, I think a lot are. of people were certainly because it, it wasn't it a hit, a hit album. I think it was. Well, and let's say lots of people really like this album. It's twenty third best yeah. album in the world, apparently. But for me, I'm not sure that it's, it's that interesting at all. And the songs are just generally, like you say, a bit slight, self-pitying. Uh, but where, and the, where it does get interesting is where he turns his attention outwards rather than inwards to address mm-hmm. the state of the world rather than the state of his own head, which is why Working Class Hero is by far the best song by a million miles because yeah. it's, it's, it's got a wider field of vision. 
and yeah. sort of wider critiques of how um, post-industrial society has chosen to organise itself. Um, and it's really good. And, and I just wish there was more of that on here. Uh, God is all right. Uh, and I quite like the... Uh, but it, but no, hang on, I'm going to stop you there. The yeah. thing about that is, that is, that is pseudo-intellectual bullshit. God is... OK, let's, let's think about it. God is a concept by which we measure our pain. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it, John? Is I, it? I'll say it He thought that was such a good line that he repeated it twice and told us he was doing so. Yes. And, and frankly, it's meaningless. What does that mean? Does that mean, as an atheist, I can't feel pain? Let me tell you, as an atheist who follows Leeds United, I've had a, suffered a lot of pain. Yes. I don't need God. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means either. I, I, if, it, if it means anything to me, it means maybe that that some of those, some a lot of people who who are religious and believe in God are feeling a lot of pain because a lot of those people are the ones. Is 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 Lennon saying those those people shouldn't be believing in the God because you know he doesn't believe in any of that stuff, and um, they, they are feeling pain because of it. I don't know. Because no, it's it then goes on to say it doesn't mean anything. It's pseudo profundity. And it's it's a complete waste of everybody's time. All the things he doesn't believe in, like <laughs> and lots of which are, you know, mantra, I Ching, Bible, Tarot, uh, mm. Jesus, um, Hitler. Yeah, I don't know why I decided to put Hitler in there. <laughs> Hitler stands out a bit. The other things are generally things that you know people might people believe. believe in. <laughs> um, um, I suppose people did believe in Hitler, but not not really in 1970 when he's making this. Um, yeah. And I guess the the bit that people always talk about at the end is where he says, "I don't believe in Elvis, I don't believe in Zimmerman, and I don't believe in Beatles," because the music mm. stops at that point. Um, yeah. uh, the Beatles were over; they they they'd last played together a few months before the, in in January of that year, but a few months before this album was recorded, uh, and, and that kind of would be all right. But then to say, "I don't, I just believe in me," fine, fair mm. enough, because anybody that could apply to anybody. But then he has to say Yoko and me, and, and that's reality, and it, it kind of spoils it a bit, because it makes it, as a lot of this album does, it makes it very specific to him. Mm. And uh, so you mm. can't, it's not really relatable in some way, because it's all too specific about being about him. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the thing that, that disappoints me about this is that, I mean, obviously at the beginning of the Beatles, the the... The lyrics were were fairly straightforward, love songs, and 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 that wasn't why they were interesting. But latterly, I think that I think you know, some of the some of the more uh, drug fueled lyric writing was quite interesting. The lyrics on this aren't interesting; they're, they're just really poor. And so, for example, the thing that, that struck me from listening to this again was that in in the song "Hold On," uh-huh. which you just you said there's some slight songs. This is perhaps possibly the slightest. He, he does that thing where he goes, hold on, world, world, hold on, right? Yeah. And then he does exactly the same thing in love, where he goes, love is real, real is love. And it's just, it's just lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. It, yeah. No, it doesn't really mean a lot. Uh, yeah, it's going to be all right. Uh, you're going to see the light is the next line, isn't it, in the hold on. Um, and, again, if it, it, I, I think about that song. If it was just one of these, you know... Like there's many songs in the world, isn't there? About just you know, keep on going, don't don't give up. It's going to be all right, that kind of thing. If it was just yeah. one of those songs, it would be okay. But then he's got to 
it, it, quite early on in the song, he says, hold on, John, it's going to be all right, and hold on, Yoko, and it's, for me, that spoils it. It, it could be a half-decent mm. song, not a great song, but a half-decent song about, you know, just hold on, keep believing, and it's going to, everything's going to be okay, you're going to see the light. A song that can be interpreted in many, many different ways. Yeah. Mm. Uh, like move on up or keep keep on keeping on or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, there's, I, I was intrigued by the interjection of the word cookie uh, in that song, and I thought, well, that sounds like he's doing a random impression of the Cookie Monster. Um, and apparently, he was. He he was very partial to doing Cookie Monster impressions. And I've, a bit more research into this, and I found that there's a Ringo Starr song called Early 1970 which contains a verse about each of the Beatles in turn. And in that, in the line about, in the, in the verse about John, it says, laying in bed, watching TV, and then, cookie, like that, with his mama by his side. So, obviously, this is a thing that John was keen to do for sort of yeah. comic effect. It doesn't work in that song either. Um, <laughs> Not but, really, uh, no. Were you, yeah. were you interested in the things that he found out? I mean, because I'm talking about the song I find out, I found out which, which actually I, I really like the guitar on that. Um, but the list of things that he found out, um, I don't know, was that interesting? Yeah. Not as interesting as you finding out about him liking the Cookie Monster, for example. No, that would have been more um, interesting. Well, it's just again, it's about sort of rejection of leaders, religion, uh, Harry Krishna, Jesus, mm. Um, mm. dope. Um, uh, I think. It, mm. I mean, I don't know if he was still. He's certainly taken a lot of heroin uh, in, in, at this time. I don't know if he was still taking heroin. Um, right. So uh, in 1970, when he recorded this, mm. but he certainly was in '69. Um, I've seen through junkies. I've been through it all. I've seen religion from Jesus to Paul. Not quite sure which Paul he's referring to there. Um, don't call you with dope, dope and well. I'm thinking either Saint or McCartney. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not Gascoigne. He's definitely not talking about Paul Gascoigne. Don't let them fool you with dope and cocaine. No one can harm you, feel your own pain. Again, it, it, it has a general theme to this album, is kind of rejection of Beatles and rejection of leaders. Or, mm. you know, which we've heard before, haven't we, from Lennon in, in Beatles lyrics, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Revolution, for example. Um, but so there's quite a lot of that, isn't there, um, on this album? Uh, and a yeah. lot of sort of navel-gazing... What am I supposed to be? Uh, who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed mm. to do um, in, in Look At Me? Um, yeah, musically, it's kind of all right. But I just think, isn't this the kind of thing, if you look at that song, Look At Me, isn't that the kind of thing that people generally ridicule Paul, Mc Paul McCartney's solo work, especially his early solo work, for being too hot on a sleeve, for going on about Linda all the time? And people mm. take the piss out of that and say it's rubbish. Um <laughs> Yeah, and this is apparently the twenty-third best album ever made, according to Rolling Stone. Well, when, when was that survey done? That's two thousand and three, but it's still it's still up there in 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 more recent Rolling Stone's greatest albums of all time polls. It's still comfortably the the, the highest ranked album by an ex Beatle. I wonder where it would have been if the the poll was done in nineteen seventy nine. Yes. Yes. Before before. Uh, See, what, we, was... what we're touching on there is that is that is. is what I personally think about John Lennon is, is he, after the Beatles, he became much more important as a sort of leader, ironically, as a leader of someone who's saying don't follow leaders, um, as a sort of philosopher, as a, as a kind of uh, revolutionary. 
mm. as a political figure, where we had far more influence uh, than, you know, and, and, and we've kind of defined convention musically and, and in art, as an artist, um, but mm. not necessarily a musical artist, um, mm. with his sort of statements of, you know, bed-ins and... Um, you know, all kinds of things that he was doing. On, on, and he's making very avant-garde music with Yoko. Um, uh, do, by, you know, kind of talking about rejecting his own mythology, rejecting the Beatles, uh, rejecting any kind of, um, you know, celebrity fame kind of thing. Uh, but, of course, that, that, again, comes with its contradictions and complications. He still lived in a very nice house and drove a very nice car. And had a lot of money. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I don't necessarily begrudge you that, but, no, but I, 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 do, I do think the this this album suffers uh, from having been over the years really overhyped. Um, I think if you if you come to this thinking it's the twenty fourth best album ever ever made, I think you're going to be fairly disappointed, aren't you? I yeah. mean, if you if you come to it th- thinking it's got a couple of good songs on it, yeah, that's that's what it is really. Um, and I, I think the the puffing it up as being important, self um, ex- exploratory stuff, you know, psychologically open and all that. I don't think it is really. It's just a bit boring. Well, I, I think, as, as I said before, it, it, it's it's probably mostly of interest to people who are very very interested in where John's John was at at this yeah. point. Because, yeah. um, yeah. but it also, I think, with this kind of very confessional songwriting, almost diary songwriting, it opens the door to a whole load of people who followed in his wake, uh, who were overdosing on self pity. Uh, and I can't help thinking of that guy you like, Mark Kozalak, here. Um, mm. uh, and think well, we don't we don't talk about him anymore. He's he's, he's been cancelled, obviously. Is that right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, he's just basically singing. Singing his diary, and uh, it's it, yeah, it's it's just not very interesting. Shall we talk about the one song that we do like then? The yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think there are any any other songs that we worth. I mean, it gets worse, doesn't it? My mummy's dead is is dreadful, isn't it? Um, well, 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 we haven't mentioned which again, quite a good riff, but boring song. Um, and yeah, yeah, isolation. Yeah, okay, not very interesting. But yeah, Working Class Hero is is a great song and and should be celebrated as such. The, the musically, it's quite interesting because it's very it's very Bob Dylan, isn't it? it it's almost the same as Masters of War, um, with that kind of A minor, uh, hammer on thing. The, the the tune is very like that, um, and I just think it's, you know, a good shot at uh, criticizing, not just the way he was brought up. But the way everyone is brought up, which is why why it's different to the rest of the album, because it's more universal. Uh, you know, the way that it talks about school and the careers and yeah. how they keep you doped with religion and sex and TV. As, yeah. But it, but you're still, you know. Meanwhile, there's there's room at the top. They're telling you still, um, if you want to be like the folks on the hill. I just think it's really it's a really good lyric. It is a brilliant lyric, and and if it was if this album was full of songs like that. I think you could justifiably say it's one of the greatest albums ever made. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I wondered just because I, when I first moved to uh, the northwest about twenty years ago, so you live right in the heart of where the Beatles all lived when they. Well, let's call it Liverpool. Well, yes, but specifically the bit of Liverpool where you live is quite close to all those places. So 
when yeah. I first moved uh, to the northwest, I I went and visited, not 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 went in, but just went and I look at all the places where the Beatles lived when they were kids. Yeah. And um, John Lennon is noticeable that John Lennon is clearly the least working. He's still working class, but he's the, clearly the least working class of all the Beatles because his house is way nicer uh, than. Uh, Paul well, it wasn't his house, remember? It was Aunt Mimi's house. But yeah, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, I think that's part part of the thing with this is is that you know it's, it's obviously a tragedy when when you, a, a young child's mother is taken from them. Um, but you know, people get over it, don't they? And uh, it, it's just, he seems to be making such a big thing. And it's not as if he was rendered into care or left on his own. He he, en- he ended up with people who cared about him in in a in a very middle-class area, as you say, and McCartney's just down the road in the middle-class area. They're both middle-class Liverpoolians. Um, Ringo from the Dingle yeah. and uh, and George definitely were a working class, uh, but Lennon and McCartney weren't. And and I, th- I think that's that doesn't matter, does it? I think it doesn't make any difference in terms of what the Beatles were and what they stood for and all that. No, well, he's, not, he's not really t- talking about himself. And also, I think the working-class hero is something to be is sarcasm. Uh, yeah. Paul and George lived in social housing or, or council houses, uh, terraced houses, uh, and Ringo, like you said, lived on the, the what's called the Welsh streets, uh, where they're named after uh, Welsh places. And I'm, I took my kids there recently because I, I thought, well, I'll take them and go and see all the childhood homes of the Beatles. And right. where I went to see where Ringo used to live, um, uh, which is near Toxteth, when I went there 20 years ago, it was all boarded up and smashed up and uh, about to be demolished, but it's all quite nice now. Uh, they, yeah, used, they used those yeah. streets for the filming locations of Peaky Blinders, apparently. Yes, that's right. They'd all been done up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, I don't know where, where, McCartney, where else McCartney lived, but McCartney's house that's... Uh, Fourth Lake Road. From, yeah, is that's I wouldn't say that's terraced housing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's a terraced it? house. Yeah, yeah. How's that? Lovely? Yeah, it's it's not on not, a terraced. It's, it's a good not, area, terrace, it's it's not, not a terraced terrace street because on the other side of the road there's some more new developments. It's not one of those oh, narrow yeah. terraced streets like um, like where Ringo lived anymore. Oh, yeah. But I suspect it probably was back then. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, okay, should we give it a, some marks? Yes, well, I mean, Working Class Hero, I would give five uh, as a song, uh, out of five. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Mother, I like, but probably three out of five for that. The rest of it I really don't like at all. I'm going to give it a four. OK. Uh, I'm giving uh, a three out of ten, and uh, two points for... Well, two of those are for Working Class Hero, and I'm giving one point for the rest of the album because I do, I do actually quite like the intention of it, even if I'm not that keen on the actual end result. And I'm not going to go back and listen to any of it again. Um, <laughs> but but I, I, I quite admire the intention. Yeah, fair enough. What, what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, as in yeah. be honest about his life. Um, yeah. Well, I just don't think it's ended up with... I mean, you, you, you're sounding of, like you're being really generous, but you're actually being less generous than me. Yes, <laughs> okay. Let's let's get on to uh, Black Sabbath then, the other album we're talking ah, about. No, see, this is this is what was interesting. So, so I, I hadn't noticed before because Black Sabbath Paranoid is the album we're going to look at, which is their second album, uh, which was released in September 1970. 
Um, their first album, self-titled Black Sabbath album, starts with rain and tolling bells, very much like um, Plastic Ono Band does, which I thought was quite interesting as a connection. I don't know if that's why Robert Pollard put these two albums together, because otherwise you'd think, well, they, they, they don't really sit as, as common bedfellows. No, um, no. Anyway, this, the, uh, the Black Sabbath album, uh, a classic really, in, in terms of heavy metal, uh, probably seen as, by many, as, as the birth of heavy metal, um, and uh, more so than, than Led Zeppelin as, a, as an influence, I think. Um, originally, it was going to be t- titled Walpurgis. Um, are you aware of Walpurgis? Is that something to do with war pigs? Well, War Pigs was also a, a, the title where it was going to come from Walpurgis. Walpurgis is, is the satanic Christmas Oh no, I'm not. I'm not aware of that. It sounds. It sounds like, is it, like that, is it something. It sounds like it's something out of Norse mythology. Yeah. Well, there you go. I I, I didn't look into it too deeply um, in case it was upsetting. But yeah, yeah, that that was that was where it came up. But yeah, so it became became paranoid after paranoid was written, um, which was uh, th- thought to be potentially a hit, and indeed was a hit. Um, so you've got. One of the the, uh, the it's a classic Black Sabbath lineup. Uh, so you've got um, Ozzy Osbourne on on vocals, uh, Tony Iommi on guitar, and uh, Terry Geezer Butler, one of the best nicknames of all bass players, um, and Bill Ward on on drums. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a bit it's a bit daft the album in terms of the lyrical content, mostly. Um, so the lyrics are really dumb, and the let's say, and the the riffs lift it above everything. And uh, I think if you're 14 or 15 and you hear this, it's it's gonna really resonate. And uh, I was, and it does. Uh, I, I don't think all the lyrics are dumb. I think some of them are quite good. And so I, I should probably let you know that I obviously there's three big famous songs on this album. Walk well, three, yeah, yeah, that's right. Three, three big famous songs, all of which I think you can say are classic heavy metal tracks. Yes. And they're all on the first side. Uh, War Pigs, Paranoid and Iron Man. And I knew all three of these songs anyway ah, um, yeah. because, but I, in, in all three cases, I, I first heard these songs as cover versions. Uh, War Pigs yes. um, by Faith No More on their best album, The Real Thing. Uh, Paranoid, um, I first heard as a cover by In Spiral Carpets, and uh, Iron Man by The Cardigans. Um, and, and in all three cases... I can't imagine what that sounds well, like. Well, The Cardigans have done a load of Black Sabbath covers. Oh. Um, the, yeah, so um, the, the, the Iron Man, they've done two versions of Iron Man. They did one on their album First Band on the Moon, which is all right. It's kind of like a swinging lounge jazz cover of it it's all right but there's a there's actually a better version of them doing it uh in a different arrangement on the on the cd single of uh love fall um yeah. but the, the album before that live life has um a cover version of a song called sabbath bloody 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 sabbath again yeah. slowed down and uh, and done in in a, in a, a different way what is uh, the what's the woman out of the cardigans called nina person does she do that i am Iron Man. In a, in a, in a way, yes, that is there. Yeah, it is there. Mm. Yeah, um, and they, there's, a, there's, they also did a. They must be huge fans of of Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne because on one of their early singles, Carnival, which is off the same album, Life, on the B side of that, they did a, a cover version of an Ozzy Osbourne song called Mr. Crowley. 
yeah. and then quite le- much they also recorded a cover version of Changes the you know that ballad song yeah. so uh, on, on most of them they kind of got the, the fast metal song and slowed it down into a lounge version and then for Changes they kind of sped it up and turned it into a, a really pretty country song um, so, uh, so I think I'll, I'll I'll stick all those on a playlist, and we should put them on. Yeah, the do do that. There. So, so had, have you, had you heard these songs by Black Sabbath before? I have, I have, because yeah. I've heard this yeah. album before. Um, ah, okay. Because I went and investigated it, because I thought, well, hang on, there's three songs here by Black Sabbath that I really like when they're done by other people, and in all three cases, um, uh, the originals are even better. the The Cardigans version of Iron Man's not that good. It's, it's the worst <laughs> song on an album that I really, really love. Um, so what do you think? So, so, so on the the, the Sabbath uh, version of Iron Man, um, yes. I mean, it's all about the riff, really, isn't it? But yeah. but the solo. I, I mean, I'm I'm not the musician that you are, but I think there are there are two solos being played at the same time during this song, which I think is fairly unusual, isn't it? Uh, I, I did. I mean, if if that's the case, then I didn't notice it. I I, mm. I did notice the instrumental section, which is brilliant. And yeah. obviously the riff is fantastic. Um, uh, and apparently it was nothing to do with uh, Iron Man, the Marvel character, or or I don't think it was anything to do with Iron Man, the Ted Hughes thing either. Uh, basically, Ozzy came up with a title uh, hmm. and said it when when uh, when Tony was playing the riff and he said it sounded like a big iron bloke walking around. So for quite a long time, the song was called Iron Bloke. Uh, and then <laughs> that wouldn't have been as good. Geezer Butler... Uh, wrote it, I've got a quote here he said, I wrote it about this guy who's blasted off into space and he sees the future of the world which isn't very good, then he goes for a magnetic storm on the way back and his turn to iron, he's trying to warn everybody about the future of the world but he can't speak so everyone's taking the mickey out of him all the time and he just doesn't care in the end so I think that's the bit where he, he just gets angry and kills kills the people he once saved as it yeah. says in the song, brilliant song uh, brilliant riff I love all three of those songs. Um, Paranoid. Paranoid is just a brilliant song. It's also cool how my kids know these songs because these songs have crossed over into the mainstream. Uh, um, Have you ever seen Kong, Skull Island? The reboot of the King Kong films that came out a few years ago. It's actually really good. It's actually a really good film. And there's a key scene in that where you first see Kong, which is to... um, Paranoid. There's there's some people in a helicopter, um, right. and they put on Paranoid as they're flying the helicopter <laughs> over Skull Island, uh, in, in a very clear sort of homage to Apocalypse Now, where they put on the music in the helicopter, and uh, yeah. yeah it, it, so so we've seen that film. It's it's a family favourite that film. So we've seen that quite a lot of times, and of course Iron Man mm-hmm. is in in the film Iron Man uh, yeah. um, with Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, over the end credits of one of them, I think it's the first Iron Man film. I can't remember, and 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 there's quite a lot of um, references through the through that series of films. Uh, Tony Stark, which is um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character Iron Man, he wears a Black Sabbath T-shirt in one of the in one of the yeah. Avengers films. Um, yeah, so so yeah, those songs are good, and I, I but I already knew them, so really the other songs on the album. Uh, well, actually, before, before we yeah, before we go on too far away from from the side one, um, I, I wanted to let you know. I don't know if you know this, so I, I think I must have heard this album first when I started secondary school. I was in a in a sort of a gang of lads who who were into to metal, and uh, that's where I, I heard all this stuff. Uh, and we formed a band. You'll be glad to know. Uh-huh. Um, 
Um, and we played covers of, of, of all three of those songs uh, very badly, because uh, obviously they're actually quite good musically, but we, we could play the riffs. Uh, and we were called Slack Parrot. Nice, nice. Which I thought was, was, was a pretty cool name. It for is a, a cool name, yeah. Anyway, Planet Caravan then is the one that, that you didn't know on that side. Totally yes. different it is to the other different. three songs. Not what I was expecting from a Black Sabbath album at all, and I kept expecting it to suddenly go really heavy, but yeah. it doesn't. Uh, and in fact, yeah. the second half of the song is is a really nice um, Wes Montgomery style jazzy guitar solo, uh, yeah. which is very nice. Uh, um, and this, I like the sort of distorted flute playing. I think it's about space travel, don't you? Yes, I think it is. I think, um, I think it's about... Although the, the lyrics are quite difficult to catch. Um, well, there's definitely a bit about sail through endless skies, the stars shine like eyes, the black night sighs, the moon in silver dreams, uh, the earth is a purple blaze of sapphire haze in orbit always. Well, there you go. So, so I, I think so that it's quite good, actually. In terms of, of feel, it's it's really moody and and ambient, and I I, I always think of it as the the great hidden Sabbath song. There are two Sabbath songs which I occasionally put on on compilations i do for other people that i think they probably would never have heard this is one uh, never say die is the other one which which i really like as well um but i i think the inclusion of this halfway through that first side of those great behemoth metal songs with the huge riffs really works um and i'm going to go and say that this is almost a perfect side of a record for me so is that, is that is that the the four? Oh, forgive me, I've been listening to it uh, not on a, on a on a record. So those four songs are side one, are they? So side yeah, Wolf Pigs, Paranoid, Planet Caravan, Iron Man is side yeah, one. Yeah, that's a very strong side one. Very very yeah. strong side one. Yeah. Um, Sadly, side two isn't quite as good, is it? Well, I liked it. I mean, oh, did you? It's okay. not as much as, as side one, but uh, you know, I liked it. I've, uh, there's four songs on that side as well. My favourite of those four. Uh, well, I like Fairies Wear Boots is probably my favourite. Um, right. But I, what I liked about the songs on the second side, and there's a, there's a bit of this on 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 the first side as well, is the kind of there's not like one riff that goes all the way through. Like Paranoid is kind of like one riff or or, or or two or three really. There's two or three, but there's the verse riff, and then there's the bit where it goes, won't you help me please? It's kind of like quite a simple song, Paranoid. It's got mm. kind of well, I played it as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, it's got it's got two little bits in it. Uh, whereas quite a lot of the songs on the second side have got like different sections that are very different to the other parts of the songs. Almost like there's two or three songs in one, and I, I actually quite like that. Mm. Um, so fairies wear boots has that. Electric funeral and hand of doom has that as well. Um, well, hand of doom, I think, I think more so than any of the others. Because I think, I think that's the one where there's a big shift, isn't there, in dynamic through the song? Yes, it really does change as it as, as it goes through. Yeah, that's the, that would be the one that I like best on that side. The rat salad, which is the instrumental. Um, I mean, it's got a drum solo in it, which is always going to be bad news, isn't it? Really? Well, it's about a third of it is drum solo. It's a really good mm. drum solo, but even and yeah. probably if, if if you saw them live, it would be amazing to see them live and apparently that's where that that song came from because they they were booked generally to do 45 minute slots and they didn't really have 45 minutes of material so uh, bill is it bill ward the drummer yeah he used yeah. to fill the time by just playing a drum solo <laughs> okay. yeah so that's my least favorite here's the thing though is, do you think 
is any any drum solo any drum solo is it always too long yeah i think we talked about um when we when we reviewed abbey road right at the beginning of the series we talked about that little drum solo that um ringo does in the song the end which is good but it's also quite short it doesn't go on for very long yeah Uh, still too long yeah yeah but it's it's yeah, you don't really need a drum solo. Didn't, didn't Led Zeppelin have whole songs that are drum solos? Moby Dick. Moby Dick, yeah. 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 Mm. So you, I, I should probably point out that you, you were saying when you were at school you were kind of in with a gang of people who were, who were metalheads. And I, I've t- certainly told you this before, but I'm just not sure if I've told you on the podcast. For me, they were the enemy. The metal kids were the enemy. We were the indie kids. We liked the Smiths and Echo and the Bunnymen and the Cure and that kind of stuff. And well, the, they didn't exist when I was 12. Yeah, but the people who liked the metal... Um, stuff, uh, which at that time was stuff like um, Europe and soft metal, really bad hair metal. Uh, but they mm. also liked older stuff like like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Um, mm. But they also liked Europe and Bon Jovi and Kiss and all that rubbish. Um, yeah. But they were they were the enemy as far as we were concerned uh, musically. We, you know, they were still our friends, but uh, in terms of like musical tribes, they were everything we were against. Uh, so I've always been a little bit still. So I remember when I when I was in my twenty early twenties and I'd been working in H and V for a few years, and there's a Led Zeppelin compilation came out and it was playing in the shop and I had to kind of admit to myself, wow, this is this is quite good. Some of this is good, you know. And the same with Black Sabbath, you know, when I heard yeah. these songs, uh, these cover versions, probably around about the same time when I heard the uh, War Pigs by by Faith No More. Um, you know, having to, to realise, hang on, this is quite good. Maybe some metal <laughs> is all right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, the... the uh, what, did you, what do you think of uh, Ozzy's voice? Because I think it's quite divisive. I really like it. And, uh, I mean, Black Sabbath over the years have had lots of different vocalists, Ian Gillen, Ronnie James Dio and various others. I, I would say that none of them work for the band as like Ozzy does. Um, and I really like his lyric, his, his vocals on this, and his, actually his, a couple of his solo albums as well. I would go as far as saying that I like those as well. Yeah, I, but I can't really listen to the Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio and Gillen. Uh, don't so. don't know it, and I've never heard those guys, so I don't really know. But a lot of the, a lot of the time with metal, like the idea in my head is that they they're singing quite high pitched and nasal. <laughs> That's kind of. Yeah. Um, uh, that was a perfect Ronnie James Dio impression. Yeah, actually, so I don't know who, where I've got that idea from, but that's kind of <laughs> probably whatever metal was hitting the charts in the in the sort of eighties, which would have been stuff Rainbow. like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I've got no problem with Ozzy's voice. I think it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. And I quite like, like I say, quite a lot of the lyrics as well. Um, the the one you said, um, Hand of Doom. I think it's. Kind of about, well, it's, it's, I think it's, I started off thinking, well, it's an anti-war song, like War Pigs. But then there also seems to be some stuff about drugs. Uh, you push the needle in. I would imagine there's quite a lot about drugs. From life to escape. Um, and then there's, but there's definitely, he, he mentions Vietnam in there as well. Um, uh, the, one, the one song I do know what it's about, because I, I did some uh, research, is a song called right. Fairies Wear Boots. Oh, yes. Uh, is it about fairies wearing boots? Well, it's about skinheads. Uh, at that time in England, skinheads um, didn't get on with uh, the, the the metal gang. So um, they got. It was inspired by an incident after a Sabbath concert, 
When the band was attacked by a bunch of skinheads after the show, Tony Iommi was injured and they had to cancel the next performance uh, and Ozzy called them fairies. We were in constant battle with them, so we wrote the song calling them fairies. Uh, but then Ozzy also... There's a bit of dispute, different members of the band. There was a lot of drugs going around at this time, so they don't remember very clearly. So Ozzy, Ozzy also says that a group of skinheads called him a fairy because of his long hair. Mm. Uh, um, but then they, but they both concede that the second part of the song is about drugs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I think he's a bit of a letdown that song. I, I wanted to like him more, but yeah, I don't, I don't really like that. Um, the guitar solo is great, really. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. and again, it's, it's got those different sections that I really, really like. There's a couple of songs on this album where, where they kind of have a, a slower section at the start and at the end. And then there's a, well, like Electric Funeral, for example, where, where it, it's got um, the building's crashing down bit in the middle where it gets much faster. But then mm. the, the first bit is kind of really great distorted wah-wah pedal uh, and some more sort of just generally pessimistic lyrics about prob- probably the apocalypse. And then the faster bit, and then it goes back to the first part with dark lyrics. And I think there's a, one, one of the other songs does that as well. It kind of has like... A middle section that's faster, but the beginning and the end is is slower, and I quite like that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing guitar playing by somebody who's missing half a finger, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, it, it, he's missing half of two fingers, I believe. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's quite it's quite um, that, quite something that story, isn't it? Yeah. You, 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 there's a there's a I'll, there's a little video of him talking about it on YouTube, where he says how unlucky it was, really, because you know it was his last day at that job. Yeah. And he at home, he went home for lunch, uh, and it was his last day at that job because he'd quit to become a full-time musician in in a band that he was in before Sabbath. And um, he he didn't he didn't usually do that job. He didn't usually work on that machine that cut the big sheets of metal. Um, mm. But um, and it, he went home at lunch to get his lunch, and he said to my mum, "No, I'm not going to go back. It's my last day. I'm not going to go back for the afternoon." And she like insisted that he did, and then like yeah, the the top. A third of two of his fingers mm. uh, chopped off, and then he had to melt down bits of plastic. It's a great story, isn't it? Melt yeah. down bits of plastic to make little caps for his fingers. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I had thought that maybe he wasn't. Because I've been, I went and watched some video of him actually playing to see does he actually use those two fingers, or does he kind of avoid using them by becoming really agile with the with the pointy finger and the little finger instead. Yeah, but no, he he uses all four fingers. Quite yeah, he a lot, does, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible stuff, really. The other part um, I was quite quite in, surprised to learn is that all four original members are still going. Yeah, for a band. Yeah, that, they released uh, an album, didn't they? That not so long ago, they released a new, an album of new stuff. It was incredible. Right, well, it wasn't a very good album, but <laughs> it's nice that they were still doing it. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Ozzy Osbourne is still alive is, is a wonder, really. They've done a lot of drugs and a lot of drinking in their time, haven't they? All four yeah. of them. So uh, it's nice that they're all still out there. And uh, yeah. I, 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 not knowing much about them until doing this. So I know that you went back to videos and... um, the first album, Black Sabbath. Did you like that as well? Not as much as this one, but but yeah. but it, it, I like some of it. But uh, yeah, this one is this one is better. I thought. Should we give Fair some enough. points? Yes. Go. You go ahead then. What, what do you because. Yeah, go on. Well, rather predictably, my favourites were um, the three big ones, uh, Paranoid and Iron Man, and to a slightly lesser degree, War Pigs, mainly Paranoid and Iron Man, 
But I also really like Fairies Wear Boots. I also really liked Electric Funeral, Hand of Doom. Uh, I like all of it, really. Uh, yeah. I, would, I will definitely go back and listen some more. I don't know if I will go and listen to other Black Sabbath albums, uh, because from what I've read, this one is the best one. Um, but overall, I think I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Wow. Well, I, I yeah, obviously, the, Side A, I think, I, I would give Side A possibly a 9.5. Ooh. Um, but unfortunately, side side B isn't anywhere near as good for me. Hands of Doom is okay. Uh, I read Rat Salad's boring. Fairy Wear Boots, Electric Funeral is okay. So, I mean, I've, that brings it right down. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. So where are we going next? What's our next episode? Well, a, re- a, a real change from, from Black Sabbath. We've, we've got Eric Burden and the Animals, the album The Twain Shall Meet. Uh, and an album which I think you'll probably be as familiar as I am with, which is The Stooges' Funhouse. Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s is a Trust the Wizards production. You can find out more at pollard60s.com and on Twitter at pollard60s. If you liked it, then please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You may also enjoy their other podcast, which you can find at trustthewizards.com. Original music by the Malibu Storks. Kika Revelves and Chorizo Garbanzo are currently appearing in Waiting for Godot at the Mail Theatre in Leeds.